Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like. Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks! Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights. Christmas is over and it's a new year, but not much has changed. Referees continued their decline. COVID is still running through teams, meaning the league table is useless. Boxing Day remains the best day of the footballing calendar, and Man City are still an absolute wagon. With me, as always, <laughs> is Chris Ringland. Chris, Happy New Year. How are you? Uh, yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, I'm not really that enthusiastic about New Year for some reason. But uh, not, I'm not a big New Year guy either. We'll but, get on to it later, but I'm not about it. Well, well, yeah. Um, but it's been nice to spend the past couple of weeks. I think the last time we recorded, I was still in Scotland. I'm now, mm-hmm. now You're in Northern Ireland. In homeland. Yeah. Um, nice, clean Northern Irish air. Oh, that is the best part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, we'll, actually, we'll go over a couple of festive fixtures because we did have games while we were away. Some games obviously didn't happen because the Premier League do allow some games to get postponed well. when they feel like it. <laughs> but there was on uh, Boxing Day, what a game we had between Man City and Leicester, which I think now is just, every year this seems to be a mental game. I'm thinking back to like a 5-3 Leicester win. A couple of seasons ago, we had City yeah. winning this Six story mental fixture. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> probably not the main part of this game. I'm a fan of big Jewsbury Hall for Leicester. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the one that stood out in a six story win. <laughs> I think I, I think his first name is Kieran or something. Um, I, well, well, the thing is, like Man City are just like, ah, uh, like I don't know, I'm just not interested at all because they're just. I'm exactly the same. Even whenever they were up and then seeing the bottle this game a bit, I was just like, "Yeah, it's Man City. They'll they'll win this." Like, I've I've no bad feelings towards them. I've no positive feelings towards them. It's like, yeah, yeah they're gonna walk over teams, no problem. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm slightly struggling to uh, get my order right of what. Of which games happened and what this wasn't the game when Amarte and Ndidi had a great game at the back because that's not who was playing. So, <laughs> no, so that was the game after where they beat Liverpool and Adam Lickman goal. Oh yes, yes. Brendan Rodgers thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Getting this one, his interview after all went through me. Well, I had to sit there and put myself through it, but just a smug look. Listen, he's a great manager. I know, but the way he got on in this was as though it's like, yeah, I'm the man, Jurgen. You know, I feel like did Madison get on in this game against City? Did, did something happen? With yeah, Madison was on and changed the game. Madison is back in the picture. Makes a change. So it, I, it, I'm glad to see him because he fell away right. there for basically half a season. He's he's come back now and he's making a real difference. And I love I love watching the way this guy strikes a football. I'm a big James Madison guy. Oh yes, he scored than, a good goal, I think, in this game, didn't he? Yeah. yeah other than his Boohoo Man adverts, I think he's a cracking player slash person. The, the problem is that the Boohoo Man adverts dominate my my view of James Madison and also the fact that he's almost exactly the same age as me. Mm. Well, um, I, I agree with you on that side, but I did see a photo of him at the darts, and that puts his opinion with me higher. I love someone who goes to the like, darts. Um, so do, uh, but elsewhere yeah. on Boxing Day, we had Arsenal absolutely pumping Norwich. This was another, just as we've said before, Arsenal have these games a season where they can just kill teams like this, and Norwich were pretty pathetic. Uh, again. Well, I mean, Norwich would probably bite back at that and say about their, their COVID issues. Uh, no, I, I'm not defending them at all. Yeah, but they could they could have had their strongest eleven out there, and it would have been five nil. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, yes, that's what it was. the The goalkeeper Angus Gunn Bailey, uh, who has definitely played in several England teams. I don't know whether. Formerly Southampton. 
Well, basically, the last time he played a Premier League match was a 9-0 defeat for Southampton. <laughs> and now he's lost 5-0. I mean, I don't really think either was... Well, in this game, I don't really think it was his fault. No, he was up against generational Martinelli, so there's no chance for him. <laughs> and actually, ever since I've started taking the piss out of Martinelli, I think he's on... The more I've watched them, the more I'm like, this kid's unreal. Um, well, I mean, he's always had that potential, hasn't he? Like big fan of the guy and then the, the other big festive fixture that I sat and watched was the Newcastle draw against Manchester United a great game fantastic game Newcastle were well up for it. Joe Linton man <sighs> of the match transformed so, in midfield so, so, here, so here's the thing right I my I don't know if he listens to this or not my coach at uh, my football team Scotland is a Newcastle fan, Bailey, and he's been informing me for the past six months that Joe Linton is actually really good, and I have, <laughs> and I've, I've kind of pushed back on that, saying, "Yeah, you've laughed him off." Well, well, I've pushed back on him saying he doesn't score any goals, and he's always insisted that he's not a striker. <laughs> now, I will freely admit that he was right because that he's obviously much better in this role where he just kind of tears people apart and runs into them all. And the game was also notable for. Um, Gary Gary Neville's reaction to it. Gary Neville at halftime describing Manchester United players, which he wouldn't name because, <laughs> of course, he wouldn't because he doesn't want to get the bad side of them. But uh, we'll just say his name, Cristiano Ronaldo, being a whinge bag, which he was completely yes. right in saying him and Bruno Fernandes were a disgrace in this game. They were all whinge bags. Um, who else, I'll tell you who else was a disgrace was uh, World Cup winner, Champions League, multiple Champions League winner, Raphael Varane. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Ralph Ragnar said he was only coming back um, but you know like come on uh, N- no not for me the, the guy was so poor in this game I still think the poorest part of this game was afterwards just watching Ronaldo and Rashford walk straight off without acknowledging yeah. the fans who travelled yeah. on a freezing cold Monday night to Newcastle yeah, yeah you may have played awfully it doesn't matter you still walk over those fans especially well, at Newcastle where they're up in the gods well I kind of well I mean I kind of like I'm not surprised by Ronaldo but I was like, surprised by Greater Manchester born Rashford doing that because I mm. think that he I, mean, I, I don't know what the reason was for it but well Gary would have told you whinge bags Chris <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, other than that yeah. uh, my favourite part of the f- Festive fixture list was the absolute shift we got out of Ali McCoist. Three days in a row we got of Ali. Yeah, so we should. I, I think we should at this point discuss the um, the broadcaster situation uh, because like I wasn't paid a hefty fee for these fixtures um, in the middle of between Christmas and New Year, and they didn't get half of them. Yeah, real unfortunate. I'm surprised Bezos was allowed to happen. Yeah, like. I mean, my issue with it slightly was because, like, I was loving the multiple shifts from Ali, but I don't know if you noticed towards the end of the last game, which I think was the United Burnley. Uh, yeah, the last one he was commentating on, he'd had enough. Like, well, he wasn't supposed to do that game. I think one of the other oh, really? commentators dropped out, and they were oh, like, oh, ever they're like, Twitter loves Ali, get him up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it really was because, yeah, I agree with you. I think. For anyone watching three days in a row of continuous football and having to talk about it for ninety minutes straight would get to you. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he had like the best games either. Was the issue? Well, he loves he loves a Liverpool game. Anything right. he, lo- he loves Bobby Firmino, but for whatever reason, he thinks Bobby Firmino's a magician. Yeah, <laughs> he really thinks this guy's the best player on the planet. I, I was also interested. Um, I, I don't know whether he is off talk sport at the minute, but. He does that like morning show with Laura Woods. Yep. Um, who has got some absolute shift in the darts. Do I even notice this, Bailey? Oh yeah, she's been constantly at our. Yeah. She's another person I feel sorry for. Just give her time off. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So I, I don't know whether this will affect Ali's talk sports schedule or not. Uh, he seems to have a serious BT shift as well. Whilst <laughs> <laughs> everyone else is sitting doing nothing, yeah. Ali's just flat out talking ball. Because I, I was saying to you, um earlier Billy that uh, I only have BT Sport this season for the first time because of uh, West Ham's European run Yeah. so I've never seen like what the, like the footage is on stuff and they have this like was flicking the other day and they had Scottish Football Extra on 
which was <laughs> that's a, what everyone needs. Which was a spring dark lockdown esque program of Chris Sutton and Ali McCoist on Zoom with some <laughs> presenter, and it was so obvious that Ali was in a Premier Inn uh, <laughs> that like that, like he wasn't even trying to hide it. You know, you could see the purple, you could see the curtains, you could see the ventilator thing, the the, the generic canvas uh, of London, um, and uh, and he was and it was he was doing some stupid quiz with Chris Sutton. Again, <laughs> it's hit nineteen games in this season. He just doesn't care. He's like the rest of. He's like, when's this gonna be over? Yeah. If he really wants, I think BT Prime, whoever talks sports, should send him out to Africa for a month. See how he gets on watching that. I, so speaking of that, I didn't realise, Billy, did you know that that's going to be on Sky Sports? No, and I won't be watching it. Uh, because, like, I think in previous editions of AFCON, it's always been on, you know, one of those sports channels that's like 417. You know, I think like, it's traditionally always, but yeah, one of those, but also ITV4. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It's a real hidden competition, so Sky must have got the rights for nothing to be able to show it. Yeah, like, I, yeah, but like, I th- I'm pretty sure, like, the BBC have some kind of, like, link with the AFCON, <laughs> th- do you know what I mean? Like, they always yeah. chat about it, like, they have, like, an award and stuff. <laughs> Um, it is one of those competitions that does just bubble below everything else you kind of know what's going on but you don't but I think now because so many Premier League players are going to it and it's more the top players are going that people are taking somewhat of an interest but like, I, I'll not watch any of it but I'll know what's actually going on for once because like, I want to know how long my fantasy team is going to have to go without <laughs> Mo Salah because I know there's been a bit of controversy about it about how some people have been saying there's not enough respect being shown to it but like like, Ian like, Wright. Well, yes. Like, but I'm pretty sure that, like, because is it that there's more bigger players that are going than normal? Because I'm pretty sure normally it's like. I think it's just been because it's spread out. Because as a Chelsea fan for years, I had the deal with DDA Drogba going and no one cared. No one batted an eyelid. But because it's now happening to Liverpool, everyone seems to notice. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Because I remember back in the day, like, Harry, like, Harry Redknapp's Portsmouth got roasted. <laughs> I mean, you had like Canu, Papa Booba Diop, Johnny Taka, um, all the boys were were going to Afcon. Um, Solly Montari, um, you know, like he he got flogged every year. <laughs> if Harry didn't have the Afcon, that's why Harry could have been a Premier League winning manager. Yeah. Um, so so basically, so I'm just started looking at it now. Yeah, Sky Sports has every match of the Afcon. <laughs> And the way it's going, see, because next week it's like third round of the uh, of the FA Cup, man. You may need to watch it just for content. But like, but here's the thing. But like, I've seen no adverts for it. No. What's have you seen any adverts for it? Zero. I, the only I, reason I, I know what's happening is because fantasy football tells me Mohamed Salah's leaving you. Like it starts so in a week. <laughs> like, like, like I, I know the darts is on. It's a disgrace. I, I know the darts is on and all that kind of stuff, but like. Surely there's like, I mean, I, I was reading a great story about how, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, there's a guy playing for um, Bohemians, which is a team in Dublin. So they're yep. in the, the Irish, like, Premier, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> he's playing for the Cape Verde Islands because somebody messaged him on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, that was great, you know, that's what it's all about. So- I want to respect this competition, but you tell me stories like that, and you're, right. you're now completely wrong. This competition deserves to be disrespected. Other than, I'm actually looking at the fixtures right now, and games seem to be going on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and 7 o'clock at night. Great time for games. I may need to get involved. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's in Cameroon, I think, is the, is the uh, host nation. I'm surprised this competition will be in Qatar, Saudi Arabia next time. Right. Well, 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 indeed. Um, we'll we'll see, but yeah, we'll we'll go on the proper competition. Sorry, yes, uh, yeah, because that's what we, we we do love because it just creates more controversy. And this weekend, controversy central the Premier League. You think 2022 New Year for everyone, but not some of the clowns that were. Where, on where was the controversy, Billy? I didn't. Notice much? Well, um, (laughs) I didn't notice much. You're having a laugh. Uh, We'll we'll start in the sorry lunchtime game: Manchester City versus Arsenal. Two-one win for City, but doesn't really tell the full story. Arsenal fans got too emotional this game. They were wrong, and they know it. 
my opinion on Arsenal fans kept changing so much throughout it. this game. So first half, and I don't know, it mainly had to do with the commentary booth. Yeah, it was because of Keon. Keon, that was. Be, be, I, I was saying to you, and I think I think you were that. I genuinely think that was the worst commentary setup I've ever heard. It was an absolute disgrace. What was coming out of his mouth? It was, so, was Keon and McManaman, and then I don't know who that who the BT anchor guy is. Is it Ian probably Dark Fletch? Or Darren Fletcher, yeah, yeah. Fletch. So yeah, first half Arsenal were fantastic. They were no doubt about it. But the issue with them getting being fantastic is Keon got over emotional and started having a laugh, which isn't good for anyone. There was a moment where they zoomed in on Kevin Friend being the Lino. Because I think the fourth official or the the actual Lido was in traffic, didn't yeah, make I, it there in time. So yeah, I, I have Friend, a couple was of fourth official. Yeah, had to become Lino, and Keon heard this and was like, "Oh, a friend to all." Oh, oh my day, that's that's the worst. But I've said for a while, Arsenal have played no one, but they were fantastic. <laughs> but the amount of gurning that came from them, like sort of second half and post game was unacceptable. I, I like, saw this morning a tweet from someone who went in the Stuart Atwell's background and was like, oh, this guy was suspended from the game in 2012. <laughs> People change a moron in the world. If, if we're going based on 2012 and Frank Reber and Aaron Robbins scored today, <laughs> then go on getting on like that. I actually don't. I actually like, think he had an R game. <laughs> like, all the decisions were that. I mean, like, the one with Ederson, um, um, like, it was hard so, yeah, to for the, the first one, the penalty decision. The ball. It, was, like, it, was, like, it was hard to tell. Like, it wasn't like clear cut. And then yeah. all the rest of them was like, well, Xhaka did pull him, and Gabriel definitely should have got sent off. And then so, it was yeah. like, <laughs> like, what else do you I, want? I agree. So, the first one, the penalty on verse viewing, whenever they showed it in full speed, obviously from the wider angle, I was like, oh, that's a pen. Wasn't given. They showed one of the replays, and I'm like, that's a pen. And then they showed like one from behind the goal, and I was like, "That he Ederson got the ball there." It, that that one so, it looks like he got the ball, yeah. So I couldn't make my mind up. And then the more angles you watch, there's one angle where it looks as though Odegaard just stamps on him. <laughs> so of course that's an impossible decision to make for anyone. Like I've sat and watched not a hundred times, I still can't make my mind up what went on. Yeah. Never mind a referee going across the screen getting shouted at by Lacazette over something. Yeah. And then the goal comes shortly afterwards, so the penalty for a moment went away. But Saka scores, cracking goal. My only issue is very un-Arsenal goal. Yeah, so ball ball comes in from the left, comes in the Saka, hits it first time, scores. If he's a true Arsenal player, and if this were Arsene Wenger, he would have laid it off the Odegaard who was running in on goal. Yeah. So, but I thought they were fantastic there. There was a point in this half where. <laughs> Again, let's talk about Keon getting over emotional. There's a point he described both of Kevin De Bruyne's feet as paintbrushes, and <laughs> yeah, then and then yeah. sort of got lost in the metaphor because <laughs> he was yeah. like, "Oh, his feet, his feet are paintbrushes," and then like paused for like twenty seconds, and he's like, "I've always said his feet are paintbrushes," and um, the Emirates and not the Emirates that the Eddie had is his canvas. I'm like Martin, you've never said that before in your life, you fraud. Um, yeah, like. And and like Martin Keown was bizarrely like really emotionally defending the process of VAR. <laughs> he was living for VAR. He, he, no, it was, but it, was, it wasn't even it wasn't even VAR really. It was the process of <laughs> VAR. He was loving that like oh like oh no this is when you go to and this is when you don't. And he was he was loving it. <laughs> he was he was all about the fact that if the referees made a decision, then VAR asking to go to the screen. He's always like, oh at that point they'll never go against the referee. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was, like, I was like, Martin, just let the game go on. Stop putting in your rules on VAR. These guys actually follow a process here, just making whatever up. But then in the second half, there's the penalty decision on Xhaka. And I've never seen Arsenal fans defend Xhaka the way they did here. I think <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the 180 from Arsenal fans, this is where they kind of <laughs> lost me. Because the 180 on what they normally do, where they just blame the players who have, especially in this case, Granit Xhaka, who have let the club down multiple times in the past. And they were defending him because they thought Silva dived. To be honest, I do think he goes to ground a bit easily. The way his legs yeah, does, spread yeah. apart was very Harry Kane-esque. But still knee-on-knee contact. The yeah. arm does go out from Xhaka. It's a cert pen all day. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was, yeah. 
Um, well, and then, <laughs> then we have the whole incident around. Stuart Atwell got randomly physical in this game at points. <laughs> there was a point where Martinelli was down the ground, he gave him a boot. There was another point where someone was down the ground, he, he walked over them. And then as this penalty was due to be taken, the players were sort of scuffing the spot. And I think Gabrielle got pushed into him. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was quite a lot going on. Yeah. Well, after Gabriel like started scuffing the spot, which he didn't get booked for, he seemed to get booked after Maris scored it, dispatched it, no problem. After he scored it, Gabriel seemed to chirp the referee. He seemed to get booked for that. Uh, yes, that, that, that's what. Yeah, that's what it actually was for. Yeah. Which was strange because again, I was like, "There's no need for that whatsoever." Uh, but shortly after that, City. Big mess up at the back, which is strange for them. Ederson just getting caught in no man's land. Laporte heading it over him. Yeah. Uh, Ake clears it and Stuart Atwell some great defending. If you've seen since getting in the way of generational Martinelli. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was Com- good from Ake. Completely, completely just goes across Martinelli's sightline, which I thought was yeah. great. Because on first view, and I was like, oh my days, I cannot believe he's missed that. And then you watch the replay, and like, the referee's not covering himself in glory right there. Yes, he like ran quicker into the box than <laughs> yeah. uh, the Martinelli did. Um, it's just so bizarre. Yeah, it was... Uh, one of COVID's weird uh, offshoots is whenever the managers get COVID and then like yep. other assistants have to take charge. Uh, what, what did you make of uh, Al- Albert Steivenberg, Billy? I don't think... He, he didn't steal the show for me. It was more the guy who was on the phone at Arteta, who was incredibly listen, young. Listen, I, I'm, I, I'm all about this guy. I went on a deep Wikipedia dive into this guy and I'm, I'm all about him. Um, What's he been at? Because he, he does look like... He's been like one of these like lab Bible stories about someone who's played football manager and got a contract out. Well, <laughs> well he went to like the, the apparently it's like he's, so he's from Spain. He's called Carlos Cuesta. He speaks right. six languages, so he can speak to okay. every Arsenal player. Um, he was hired when he was twenty four at Arsenal after previously <laughs> being at Juventus and Atletico Madrid, and that was after like two years of being at Porto's like. Academy University thing that Mourinho went to apparently, um, and now he's like Arsenal, like first team development coach with a pro license. What a life! I mean, I mean, like the the guy's literally like the same age as us. I, I, it's bizarre. The guy's trajectory is unreal at this moment. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're starting Atletico Madrid, I mean, <laughs> if you're in Porto, Atletico Madrid, and now end up at Arsenal, you're doing something. Oh, I, I, and Juventus, yeah, and Juve, obviously. <laughs> what a life this uh, guy's but living. He's, uh, I mean, he, like, he, like he looked all right doing it, you know, as well. I mean, I did Air- AirPods. Bad for him. AirPods are. I, I'm not sure about the look of AirPods in football, no. but. I, I, felt, I just felt bad for him knowing that he's on the receiving end of a 90-minute phone call from Mikel Arteta, <laughs> especially at the moment after the Martinelli miss where Gabriel decides to dive in on Jesus. Yeah. What was he thinking? Yeah, I know. But, but like, see when, see when they're doing that is, that, is that literally a 90-minute phone call? Or is that, like, more sophisticated than that? I, I, no, I think it's as basic as he's just phoned them up for 90 minutes. Wow! Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I think he's just sat there the way me and you are watching BT. <laughs> Go, he's probably gone here. Keown's a dick, <laughs> you know, something like that. And then Gabrielle dives in, looks at the referee as though, "Why am I being booked for that?" Which I thought was hilarious. Mm. And then as he's walking off, getting sent off, rightfully so, he starts applauding the fourth official. Yeah, I, I, I was. Oh, I thought he was applauding the fans. No, 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 he's applauding towards the official going, oh, congratulations on sending me off, you're in the wrong. It's like, he's not your moron, you've dove in the halfway line knowing you're on a booking. But it did It did mean we got to see Rob Holding's new lid. I'm not convinced this is Rob Holding, this is a clone. <laughs> because, again, he does have the hair sort of, the hair looks unreal. The, the, his face has changed, I'm sorry, the face is different. I don't know what he's done to it, but it's different. Um... No, he's he's uh, he's looking. He's like I I didn't. I've I've seen better transplants. I think maybe I don't know. Like <laughs> like he looks like he looks fine, but like I think all around cracking job. I want to know where he's been. I actually I think wanna... he didn't look that bad. Like bald, to be honest. I think it was alright. I, I think one issue for it is that previously he did look like a centre back. I 
I don't think center backs can have transformations where they get prettier. It's not a good image. <laughs> so the, and the issue is then later on in the game, as a center back looking like that, he does look a pretty boy whenever he gets beat in the air. Right. Yeah. Initially, whenever I think the last kind of play of the game was Rodri and Laporte both bombing for it. Pep Guardiola overthinking the game of football, chucking them two forward, and he does sort of just lose it in the air. Like, yeah, you're you're too pretty now, Rob, which is something I never thought I'd say about him. <laughs> so um, Rodri gets a winner and yeah. a disgraceful celebration from Rodri. I have to admit, Arsenal fans won me back here after all they're gurning. The guy who lobbed bog roll at Rodri. <laughs> Where on earth did he have that? Because <laughs> there's no way there's a loop near that, enough to him where he can run round as he sees Rodri score the lob it at him. I, I, Arsenal I, like, fans should not get in trouble for that. And you're lobbing it like it's his bare chest as well. It's just like yeah. he took his shirt off. They they should not get in trouble for that. Rodri should have been sent off first thing because he takes his shirt off, which he did get booked for. But the way it goes at the crowd. I'm like, no, he should be off because he's tried to incite something there. There's been, there's been a lot of like throwing stuff at players recently, like much more than there used to be. Yeah, and I would say most of the times it's not deserved, but in this case it was. <laughs> well, well, because because apparently there was, uh, I think Matt Luton at Burnley today got chucked as well. Oh, really? I, I, think, well, I haven't one. seen any footage, but that's the chat. Mm. I want to know what fans. was chucked. One thing I did see from this game, and it's changed my opinion on the fella, was Jared Cancelo. Whenever they were over in that corner celebrating, he sort of gives it like a fist in the air at the Arsenal fans, and then one lobs something at him, and he immediately shrieked down. Like it was like a turtle going back in its shell. I thought that's pretty pathetic from Jai. <laughs> uh, especially after the week he's had. Mm, yeah, exactly. So he's, you know, I've been told he's a hard lad now, but you know, he's giving it all this to the Arsenal fans and then can't hack a plastic cup and chuck down. <laughs> And I did think it was a bad mentality thing from City in general. Both goals they scored, they didn't once run to their own fans. Both times they ran to the Arsenal end. I thought yeah. that was a bit bizarre. Yeah, I'm not about that. But uh, what's your view now, Chris? Of Man City sort of just strolling towards the title, <sighs> are they now? Probably, yeah. don't know. So it's one seventeen drawn 2, lost 2. They don't look like slowing down at all. Yeah, I'm sure Ferran Torres has made a great choice leaving yeah well that's the thing about City now is like any other club in that scenario what they've sort of had recently where Torres has left Grealish and Foden had their duke to do where they kind of where they were ousted so they were and everything if any other club losing kind of names like that and having that controversy would be in the mud a bit I think just well steamroll. I think it's partly. I, I think part of the reason they sold him as well is because they think that guy Cole Palmer and Roy Delap's son Liam Delap are both pretty good. Mm, Palmer um, is a baller. So that yeah, they they can just fall back on them if they need them. I'm a big fan of that kid actually. And <laughs> just before we move on, one thing I do want to bring up on City is I saw an interview <coughs> in the break with Jack Grealish. Uh, was it was this know, one with tubes? It could have been with tubes. I can't remember because he'd done two. One was with the BBC and one was with Tubes and he sat in exactly the same position. And Bailey, one of them he had a Christmas jumper on and one he didn't. But, but, yeah. but yet he spoke about how Home Alone 2 is his favourite one in both. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the questions was about Jack, who would be your ideal like night out with? And he had to name like three people and I can't remember all three. But one, one was Gaza, and the other was George Best, and I was like, oh, we all know what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what Jack's priorities are. <laughs> like, this guy's a hundred million pound footballer, a role model now. Some would say, oh, but no, he wants he wants to go on a mental night out with George Best and Gaza. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't at the darts of matters, but probably, that's his sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah, but probably Pep's got him and. Phone on lockdown now, just twenty four seven watch. Yeah, um, so yeah. One, one person will get on to this game now. One person who needs to put on twenty four seven watch. Romelu Lukaku, Chris. Oh dear! Bizarre, co- bizarre comments during the week. Uh, let me find them because I couldn't believe some of the stuff he decided to come off with. I mean, I was more interested by the fact that it was a proper like sit down like like video. Like, I thought it was like. Oh, he just offhand said them when he was when he was off guard, sort of thing. Yeah, and it was bizarre. So the the quotes appeared first through Fabrizio, 
but the interview was done with Sky Italia three weeks ago. And in that interview, so one of the quotes here is, physically I'm fine, but I'm not, all caps, happy with the situation at Chelsea. Tuchel has chosen to play with another system. I won't give up. I'll be professional. I'm not happy with the situation, but I am professional and I can't give up now. Twice he says he's professional in there, doing an interview about slagging off a coach. <laughs> Very professional, Rome. Elsewhere in the interview he says, now it's the right time to share my feelings. I've always said that I have Inter in my heart. I know I will return to Inter. I really hope so. I'm in love with Italy. This is the right moment to talk and let people know what really happened. I don't think it's the right moment to talk, you moron. What? So, so from my understanding, he the reason he was doing this was partly because the Inter Milan fans were annoyed at the way that he left. And, yep. he, and he wanted to like placate that. Or whatever, but yep. in doing so, made literally everybody unhappy. Yeah, I th- I don't get what there was no positive outcome from this interview whatsoever. But he but he he was leaving like so many options open. He was like, oh well, you know, I had an offer from City, and then oh, I went to Chelsea this year. Oh, but every footballer apparently wants to play for Real Madrid, Bayern, <laughs> or Barcelona, so I have to go to them one day, and I have to come back into Milan when I'm still in the prime of my career. And I was like, pal, you know. Hang on a second. I thought I thought you I thought you supported Chelsea growing up. Was that not the chat? Well, this is like he also did say in the interview this that thing. He, the quote was, "Why was the honeymoon over with it there? I've been a supporter of Chelsea since I was a kid. It's my favorite team. Then I went to Chelsea at eighteen and it wasn't working. So I always had that Chelsea mission slash challenge in my head. This guy's confused. I, I like how about just focus on what's in front of you? Like I, you know, I think he thinks he's living. You know what? what what was it called? The journey in FIFA? Remember that FIFA <laughs> career mode where you could be a guy? I think he just is of the opinion where you can just leave clubs after one year and achieve everything in the game. The, 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 the journey was like like surprisingly deep. I don't know whether you actually went through it or not. I, I, I did. Uh, like It gets to the point where like the guy becomes so big at like Real Madrid or whatever that he has this like entourage and then there's this whole like incident with like Oh, you've got to choose like your mum or your entourage. Like, who even are you anymore? Do <laughs> you got that far enough? But like, that's literally what happens. And there's like the, da- the divorced dad in LA Galaxy. Have you, have you seen that? <laughs> no. And his sister I, is like. I need to go back. And then he discovers he has a sister because um, in L- in Los Angeles, for, with, with like from his dad, <laughs> like a half sister, and then they like. She plays for America and all. all this, have you seen it? It's class. No, it's actually, I'm not waiting for this. Like this wouldn't surprise me if this now happened. The Rob. I, I I honestly I did all three. I think it was in three Fifas. I did all of them. I I, 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 went through, I went through the whole thing. Yeah. I'm such a fan of that. I need to get involved and in actually go back and start playing a few it's of the old ones. It's actually really good. Yeah. But yeah, you would think after those quotes, Rob would shut his mouth. But I don't know if you've seen today, Chris. He was in a text conversation with Tim Hard. He was in a what? So Tim Hard texted. Tim Hard's working for no, uh, ha- American hang TV. Ha- hang on a second. What do you mean Tim Hard texted him? What do you mean? <laughs> his ex-teammate from Everton, Tim Hard, messaged Oh, him sorry, saying, they were teammates. Sorry, there is a connection. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you just thought footballers all just somehow have each other's numbers. Uh, it's... it's... I was like, what, why is Tim Howard getting involved here? Yeah. So, so yeah, Tim Tim decided to text Rob about the situation to see what's going on. And Rob apparently texted him back saying, I can't say much at the moment, it's very hot. What? I have a meeting with the, the boss on Monday, I can reveal more after. Now two things about it. One, Rob, shut your mouth. Two, <laughs> Tim, you're tight. <laughs> Tim uh, so is you... like the private conversation. So, sorry, why did Tim Howard, where did he explain this? I think he was. I think he does NBC coverage. What of like so the Premier League or something? Yeah, yeah. So I think before the game, he was like, "Oh, I've got my inside source," and I was like, "Who's your inside source?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, I just texted Rome." Oh my days! And then I've licked a private conversation with the guy to the public, but uh... <laughs> but very strange. But I'll be honest, didn't matter. I've seen other players leave the club. I, I don't care what happens with Rome. Just shut your mouth, score goals, get yourself back, and get us the top four. Didn't miss him whatsoever today. I actually think in certain games, likes of this, we're a better team with Kai Havertz playing um, up top. Rom at times, he's not he's not as mobile as Kai. Obviously, he's got more goals than the Kai Havertz, I mean, but I think games like this, probably against Cities and all they want, where I I really like Kai Havertz playing up top. 
like, I mean, on his day, Lukaku is clearly one of the best strikers in the world, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And even right. recently, he's been scoring goals for us. And against Villa, changed the game. Fantastic. I won the back, but if he's going to go around and start texting former teammates well, whenever he's got meetings and stuff, I'm not about it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like, like Lewandowski and Benzema are probably the only ones, maybe, who are better. I don't know. Like, yeah. out, like out and out centre forward. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably agree at this moment in time. So yeah. I would. But anyway, to the game, which didn't involve Rom, thank goodness. Uh, it started off strangely. Uh, before the game, players took a knee, and Martin Tyler had a quote which finished <laughs> with the three words, all lives matter, which I thought, Martin, you've not thought what, about that. Did, those aren't the three words you want to say right now. I know what you mean about equality and everything, but don't put those three together. That's so, that's so funny. And then six seconds later, it all kicked off. Uh, Sadio Mane left one in on Cesar Azpilicueta, and I've watched this quite a bit now. Be, be, be like, um, be like, there's a lot of fake news about this instance. There's there's a lot of fake mean, news. Fake, about, what do you mean there's fake there's a lot of news. fake news about that Manny used his elbow. Manny used his forearm. No, no, they're they're he, two separate lucky. parts. It was the, of the forearm. Body. What I I think he I think he wanted to do it with an elbow. I think he missed. Right, but that as far as I understand, your forearm is not your elbow. I still think he goes to do him, and I believe after, and I kind of saw it at half time and was like, he hits him with a forearm, that's a yellow. See, now watching it back, and apparently the VR quote was, VR called it reckless. I'm sorry, but did we not say, is reckless not one of those terms we use whenever we give out red cards? <laughs> it does go, he, it's a cert he goes to do him. It's cert. I mean, I mean, I mean maybe, like, you know, wherever Andy Carroll played for West Ham, he had to do that basically every time he went for a header. To like jump, oh yeah, no, and he, he, he got booked for it all the time. And it was, it was yeah, rightly so. <laughs> what? You can't help the fact he's six six. <laughs> like, I, do, I I agree with you that I think Mane was safe by the fact he didn't catch him with the point of the elbow. My issue with it as well is that there was no VAR check of it. Oh, like, well, on, who, he, who knows about that? Yeah. So apparently there was, but not what we saw in the coverage. Meanwhile, later on, the game, Mason Mount walked away from Simicast and we had a full minute-long check. <laughs> well, he did, like, kind of kind of dig in a wee bit with his foot. Okay, he was walking away from him. There was no no bother at all. I, I mean, I don't care. I have no stock in this fight. Like, I, I don't give a damn, but, like, you know. No, an absolutely electric. There's, 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 there's a lot of emotions being spewed by lots of people, basically. About the, this first 40, the first 45, emotion-wise, was unbelievable. It, it couldn't sustain what it was the first 45 no, minutes. Um, and the game did get above one player, which was Trevor Chalaba, unfortunately. I think Trev's been immense all year. I couldn't believe what I saw from Trev at the time, I, I, especially for the goal. No, I, I, I still think... No, like you're right, it wasn't good, but I still think that his tackle on Salah is one of the tackles yeah. of the season. Terrific. Completely like, stopped like, them. Go, and then... He stopped two goals, I think, today. He, he absolutely did. There was just a few off passes and that error leading to the man goal. But yeah, completely agree yeah. with Salah tackle. Phenomenal. I, 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 I respect there. anyone who somehow makes it out of the Cobham loan farm to actually get into the first team out of nowhere. Especially where was he was somewhere, Lorient or I, something. I, I think he was at Huddersfield and Lorient, yeah. Yeah, for someone to go from them to making this tackle on Mo Salah. <laughs> so yeah, he he had that error. Unfortunately, Chelsea continued to play well and then Mo Salah scores a goal, which was completely Tony Rudiger's fault. If yeah. you're asking for £400,000 a week, Tony, switch on. Yeah, and we all know what Alonso's like at defending as well. I, I don't blame Alonso in that moment at all. Rudiger goes up the press and he did it well 99% of the time against Salah, where he pushes on to him, trying to, you know, rustle him a bit. And he does do it, but then he just completely loses track of him. Mo walks in behind, Trent plays a lovely ball over, and then Alonso, because he knows he's going to get done, he, he makes his mind up of, I'm going to defend if he cuts in on his left. Salah doesn't do that. Mendy then does a similar thing where he's like, I'm going to cover this side of the goal. Salah scores an unreal goal in the air post. Yeah. But I, it's Tony Ritter's fault. I mean, it was a great ball from Trent. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, as unfortunately for Trent, I thought Trent didn't have a great game. Neither did the other. Uh, what I call fullback for Liverpool. Uh, and then actually... The, the, yeah, I thought Simic has had a rough game. Gets points though. 
he does get points in fantasy football, but I just think, especially watching him today against Aspilicueta at times, I was like, Aspilicueta is not that great and is finding a lot of room around you. <laughs> and then the Chelsea equaliser actually comes down that side where James Milner make two unnecessary tackles. Oh, yeah. And Kai Havertz. Yeah, I noticed this, yeah. I was like, what was, what was the point? The first one I kind of got, and I was like, yeah, he's going to do him there. The second one where Kai Havertz is just running towards the byline and he tackles him. I was like, that was moronic. Yeah, he's uh, 36 tomorrow, I think. <sighs> I, I, thought, I thought he looked at this game. There's a couple <laughs> times you can get away with Milner in a lot of games, but this game and the City game, like, yeah, this guy's looked past at times. Uh, but else, whenever the equaliser, anyway, from that free kick, Alonso, you know, tries his luck, comes out. I actually don't think Kovacic doesn't mean this at all. It, I actually, the technique-wise, Neville and Co thought it was brilliant. I thought it was shoddy. I like, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he was so, like, tight within himself. <laughs> and it, I, 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 I get it. I, I and it does, like... it, it, it does look good, but... Like the strike looks good, the ball going in looks good. His body, the way he hits it, doesn't look good. He doesn't look comfortable doing it. Completely I, flicked up. I just think it was funny that, um, like, whenever Gary's reaction to possibly being ruled out for VAR for offside. Yeah, yeah Neville wasn't having it one bit. I, I just wanted that to happen just to see what would, what would happen. Yeah. It, in the way it was going, and in my mind, I was just like, yeah, this can't get taken away from me. Premier League don't want me to be happy. Uh, so I, I thought uh, I, I think every time he's played for Liverpool he's been good your man Kelleher the keeper um, big fan of him um, so I'm, I actually thought he was terrific did, especially in the second half yeah I did a deep dive and he has three brothers so he's from Cork and he has three brothers that play hurling of course he does because um, Ireland have a bizarre like they probably Ireland have three goalkeepers who are all like like 20 Right, and they're all like really good. Like there's a guy at City, and then there's a guy, the Bournemouth keeper, and then Keller, and they're, they're all Irish. So it's the like same the, time. Way, the way Scotland just keep churning out left backs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Republic of Ireland's just churning out goalkeepers at the moment. Yeah, it's weird. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, well, unfortunately for him, he came up against the guy in Christian Pulisic. <laughs> I'm a, you know me. The guy was all right. Pul- he was all right. I'm a Pulisic truther. I thought. Pulisic was unreal. Even before the game, I was like, oh my days, Pulisic left wing up against Trent. He's going to have a day. It was all right. Lovely finish. No, I'm all about Pulisic propaganda. So I'm, I thought he was fantastic today. Other than, and this keeps happening, and I love Tommy Tuchel, but he kills me every time he Put does this. Put him right wing back. Put him right wing back. Not the place for him. Put him left wing. Let him torture Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't get it. I, th- I think Chalupa must be been injured or something. He comes off. I think he was. Jorginho on yeah. to make a three-man midfield, putting Azpilicueta right centre back. But, 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 right but, but right I thought that was interesting back. because that guy Balang Saar obviously wasn't trusted to come on. Oh, he stinks. That's why. <laughs> why is he there then? We, we need men on the bench. like basically, he was one of the three with Ross Barkley as well. That. And lost his cheek that they got into Tuchel's plans as part of the, yeah, the, but we've the, got the, men, the save system in July every year at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, we've got just so many men injured, and then it doesn't help whenever we've other players doing interviews. Which we not, of course, Malang's going to end up on the bench. Aye, but he didn't. Um, yeah, but it, it was interesting. I just find it interesting. He didn't trust him. But come on. Um, no, I com- I completely agree with him. They're not trusting him. The only issue was it completely killed this fixture. In the moment we put three men in midfield, Jorginho didn't have a touch, and we're just playing long balls to just Mountain Havertz. Yeah, it's like why why are we doing this? Just keep it similar enough. Even potentially change it up. Just go back forward and see how we get on, rather than what we did, where Pulisic became an irrelevant player as Pulisic became irrelevant. In sort of the last 20 minutes, it died down. Liverpool got control. Trent started getting into the game a bit more. I was like, what was the point of all of that? Yeah. And then, of course, game ends 2-2. Um, it actually worked out that it was the worst result for both teams. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> you know, because at least if, you know, one of you loses, you can just be like, right, season's over, just get top four. And if one of you wins, it means, okay, we'll, we'll go on, we'll continue our title charge, whereas both are now just out of the title picture, I think. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, it's all about the top four race now, Billy. It is just about the top four race and and the relegation. I, 
I think the top four race is interesting now because Arsenal are rolling, so they are. Well, uh, well, not well, well until until Saturday, yeah. <laughs> I've been told Spurs are rolling, even though I'll dispute that later. Manchester United have, you know, the godfather of the gag and press. It could be anyone's. And, and, and also, and obviously West Ham, who we'll get on to now, who are the worst team in the world at 3-0 up. Listen, <laughs> it's fine. Crystal Palace are a good team. Um, I'm a big fan of Palace, what they're doing, actually. It, it was literally it was literally individual errors of Maswaku and Diop. That was literally the only reason we conceded the goals. So I, I'm I'm comfortable. You're comfortable? Okay. Well, I actually stopped watching the game after 80 minutes because I was like, right, West Ham have won this. Done deal three 0 up, and then did see a couple of matches floating about of I mean our West Ham sweating it, and I was like, "What has gone on here?" I, I mean, seeing three two, and had to like follow the coverage on that BT or BBC website thing. I mean, I mean, Lanzini's goal was lovely, terrific. The, goal. the, 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 wee, the wee bobble, it was, it was yeah, the, the way it bobbled off his right foot, left peg, oh. But, I, but I, I'm going to make a big claim that um, I believe the games in hand are overrated. You like points on the board? Well, well, well like you know, because a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, you know, well, Spurs have two games in hand, Man United two. What well, you have to win the games in hand. You're know, like having games in hand doesn't mean you're going to win the games in hand. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's all yeah, it's all about making sure points are on the board. And I, because I'm one of these people, I'll do that. Where I look at Spurs, being like, "Oh, they have three games in hand. There's nine points." Yeah, I mean, when before, in reality, yeah. it really isn't. Yeah, before today, Burnley had three games in hand on Newcastle and Norwich. But that's that half of the table. If I, I'll be honest. If I'm looking at Burnley with three games in hand, I'm going well. They're winning zero of those. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. So it does. So it does flip between teams. Uh, one issue I want to bring up with your team, Chris, is your striker, Mikel Antonio. What a player! I mean, he's finally back scoring. Good to see him. Good. Hadn't seen him in months. Fellow fantasy football owners will note. Uh, but his his celebrations are unacceptable. So from what I understand, he's a big gamer, Antonio. Okay. And I, I don't know what he does or like how this came about, but he did some kind of celebration from Mortal Kombat, I understand. Where he, he just dove forward. I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing then, for you. Yeah, and then who was it rode him like a horse after? <laughs> well, I think that was more spontaneous. Yeah, that, was, that was Ben Rama. Honestly, your your club need to rein that in. That's yeah. not a second time this season after the cardboard cutout incident. Uh, yes, I mean I I also love how Mark Noble was brought on to see it out. <laughs> well, he nearly didn't see it out. I, I mean, he had a he had an unbelievable game. Played ninety against Watford. Unbelievable game. <laughs> I, I just love the guy. I do love this new role Mark Noble's just carved out for himself of just playing anytime Declan's not available. <laughs> He must phone Declan up every night before a game, going, Declan, you going to play tomorrow? And if Declan goes, oh, sorry, Mark can't make it, he's like, right, perfect, I'll start warming up now, shaking the rust off. It's actually quite brutal, because I don't know if you've noticed, there's this guy called Alex Crowell, who's one of the Czech boys that we brought in oh, of in course. the summer, because he played for like the Czech Republic and all, and um, he can't get a game, because <laughs> <laughs> Noble keeps coming on Because <laughs> Nobes keeps threatening he's retiring, and then not. Yeah. Well, what was your take on the third goal for the Hammers, Chris? The penalty instant? Because I'm not certain. Stonewall. Stonewall penalty. See, I, in you normal times... It, it's in the box. In normal times, I would agree. But the amount of basketball I've seen being played in the Premier League, I was stunned this was given. I, I mean, like, in real time, I didn't think it was. But, like, I, I just thought it was funny, to be honest. Like, And that was my thing, because the ball's just so high in the air in the way Milvojevic tries to take it down. Was it, was I was like, like, you know, like... It's very easy to not use your hand. I don't know. Yeah, like I, th- I thought the same thing. But my issue was I've seen so many games of Premier League football recently where I've seen balls hit hands and the referees just looking at yeah. going, "That's part of the game now." No, I, 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 I thought it was great. Yeah. No, the amount of times I've gotten this, we're playing basketball. Well shouting stuff at my screen has been, been outrageous recently and this was one of the cases I was like oh we're just playing basketball sure it's alright and then was amazed it was given. Yeah, it was quite funny. And then to be honest, how how nervous did you get last time whenever Edward scores? And uh, not not hugely. And even when the second one went in, I was like, I was like, oh, it's fine. We'll see it. Out. You're you're like, there's not enough time left on the clock. I yeah. I, I mean, well, there was that incredible effort by Mateta 
who later on like you need a Wikipedia deep dive on him because uh, Palace have about seventeen strikers for some reason, um, <laughs> but unbelievable like overhead like side on overhead kick from like a ball from the halfway line. Phenomenal technique. My uh, favorite part of it yeah. though is that it's an unreal technique. Slow mo looks great. Everything about it. And then you watch the replay and you see Riedefeld screaming for it. <laughs> what, what is going on in your mind that you think you deserve to get the ball in that scenario? Yeah, I'm not sure he's warranted uh, effort there. Mm-hmm. And then just the last player I wanted to mention, Elise. Wonderful left foot. Great player. Um, just, just typical left foot magician from dead ball scenarios. It's hard to rely on him in a fantasy sense because he gets points, but it's like you don't know when he's going to come on yeah he only plays seven minutes here and there yeah best goal per game ratio in the league or goal creation <laughs> or something he probably does but yeah I was a big fan of what I saw from the dead balls and then on to your other favourite team Chris Brighton so so I'll, I'll be I'll be totally over and honest I've seen zero footage of this all I've heard is that uh, Calvert-Lewin was back Dominic's uh, back indeed and, uh, he missed a penalty <laughs> Dominic had a penalty, Stonewaller, which initially wasn't given by the referee. So Mwepu just runs into Handsome Anthony. And <laughs> the referee looks out and goes, oh, play on. I couldn't believe what I saw from the ref. And then I had to take VAR to be like, no, 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 you're a moron. That's a penalty. Strange technique from Calvert-Lewin, I'll be honest. He sort of takes it in a straight line. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen of him before, I think Calvert-Lewin's a pretty decent penalty taker. I was like, this is a guy who clearly just hasn't kicked the ball in three months. This was a game probably, I don't even think it was on TV, so it wasn't even worth much mentioning. The only things that were worth mentioning were a couple of the Brighton goals. So the first one, the McAllister goal, was a classic Brighton goal. Lovely cross-in. Sort of an Arsenal goal, actually, where cross-in... Sorry, what's the, sorry hang on. What a classic Brighton goal? where it's like a good XG goal you know it's one of those real hipster goals that clearly Potter wants to see Yeah. where football comes in Mope just could just head it first time but decides no 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 we play the extra pass here does and McAllister scores and then there's their second at Dan Byrne goal was just a classic Everton defensive lapse from a set piece where every <laughs> every centre back that Everton play and they do seem to play all four centre backs at once now for, because <laughs> Rafa's falling out with every fullback at the club. But all four of them run towards the ball. Oh, why? At once, just leaving six foot seven Dan Byrne open. Oh, absolutely bizarre football club. I I don't know what's going on at Everton. Uh, I don't know how long Rafa's got left. I don't know what he. What I think the Lucas Digna exile is so bizarre. Like, so, so strange. Like, what, Especially is, considering the form the guy was in last year. Like, I think he's one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't believe that the way it's gone, and obviously it's transfer window now that Ben Chilwell's gone down. I've looked across the league, being like, there should not be any options in January to replace him. And look at Dean's just there, potentially on a six month loan. Yeah, I, yeah, it's bizarre. and even more, even more bizarre than that. Apparently, the way negotiations have gone and things Everton have leaked that. Everton would be interested in letting Luca Dean come to Chelsea, but also take Ross Barkley on their end for six months. <laughs> Who's running that club? They allow some of the stuff to go on. Yeah, it's very, it's very bizarre. Honestly, an absolute outrage. I just want to check where Everton are in the table before I continue to slide them off. Oh, they're fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so they are down there. Uh, Everton are currently level on points with Leeds United, who stink. <laughs> so, so it sums up where Everton are in the world. Uh, the only other thing I want to bring up is the Spurs Watford game, just generally on Spurs and generally on Watford, because this game was a real nothing game until well Watford are down the ninety fourth minute or whatever. You s- yeah, I think Watford, Watford are, down. are down. Like apparently there is pressure on Ranieri, which is the most Watford thing ever. <laughs> this guy's been here for a cup of tea, <laughs> and we're already thinking about sacking him. It's not even just that; like the team's just not good enough. Like <laughs> really just... isn't. But respect to them because meanwhile every other club's letting their players go to the Afcon. Watford decided, that, Watford decided they've missed an email. Did you, which means did you hear? Apparently, isn't going. Well, it's not. Apparently, it's Sar as well. Have you heard this? What? 
I don't know this bit. Apparently there's chat about SAR as well, yeah, for Senegal. <laughs> Not outrageous. Senegal said that they're refusing to uh, release them. That's brilliant. Actually, all about them. Um, and like, like, they made, like they made a statement today. <laughs> I just like the idea of Watford going, oh yeah, you sent us an email, none of us have seen it, and just continuing on with this lie for as long as possible. Well, well apparently, well, yeah, so apparently SAR is just to do with a disagreement about how injured he is. <laughs> um, so, so well, I'm all about the creativity behind getting out of the AFCON like Hakim Ziyech decided over the course of many years and many games that he would fall out with the coach Liverpool and Egypt have had this sort of agreement with Salah where he only plays games that matter oh, that, that would annoy me so much if I was Egyptian <laughs> it really would oh. Whereas Watford just going on the approach of, oh yeah, we'll just blame the placement student, misplacing emails, and going, oh, that, that, that one's not real. You know, we, we only take emails from the Premier League or other clubs. I'm not taking emails from the Nigerian FA. Yeah, only happens to be our best player. Uh, elsewhere, I got a bit of chirp about Spurs and Antonio Conte's you you record. Chirp. People chirp at me because of comments I made when Antonio Conte came in of, it's Tottenham, we'll be all right. Well, like, and you know, Spurs haven't—they've been okay since. But I've, I've certainly looked through fixtures because I sort of doubt myself, Chris. But they've got—they've got like an absolute elite level manager. Of course, they're better. Yeah, but I started to doubt myself and my opinions on Tottenham, which I don't like to do because it's Tottenham again. And also, Chelsea played them three times this month, and there is a chance this backfires on me. But all this potential, you know, Spurs coming back chirp. I decided to look through a couple of fixtures and who they've actually beat because I was like, I can't remember. <laughs> Other than the Liverpool game, I couldn't remember a Spurs game. So since Antonio Conte's come in, they drew 0-0 against Everton. 10 men Everton, by the way. They beat <laughs> Leeds. They've beaten Brentford. They've beaten Norwich. Brilliant. They've beat a bunch of nobodies. They then, <laughs> they then draw 2 all against a 10-man Liverpool team. They, they, they also got like kicked out of the Europa Conference League. They did indeed get kicked out of the Europa Conference League. By the way, the game at Vicarage Road for Spurs was Spurs' first away game in the Premier League in something like 51 days. That's unacceptable. I, I heard but I heard that, yeah. That's ridiculous. That that, that's Spurs, you know, getting lucky at fixtures and stuff, but also manipulating the calendar of COVID. Wow. And then elsewhere, they beat, on Boxing Day, they beat 10-man Palace 3-0. That game was an absolute disgrace. Whoever was refereeing that went out to send Zaha off. That was one of the softest red cards I've seen in my life. It was, yeah. If you had have looked on Twitter that day, some of the comments about that referee were yeah. <laughs> quite libelous. Yeah. So and then they drew against Southampton and then beat Watford. They've beat Good a bunch of nobodies and drawn a couple of games, and every game seems every other game seems to have a red card in it. Oh wow. You know, like ground for Spurs. No, no, I'm, I'm happy for them, but I, I don't see this great transformation. No. But anyway, they play Chelsea three times this month and they'll have to win one because there's no way they lose all three. Uh, but we'll get on the in the mud, Chris. Oh, and wow. We're into a new year. Yeah. So we are, and that, that's what is going to be in the mud. New Year's, New Year's honours specifically. Because <laughs> uh, I have a lot of issues with New Year's. Part of it I enjoy. You know me, I love a resolution. I've got a list this year. Yeah, yeah, I've got a list that includes reading a book a month, wow. buying a house, gaining five kilos, <laughs> and tweeting more. <laughs> I think I'm the only person who comes in with resolutions of gaining weight and Sorry, getting I, more involved on I, social media. I, I just have to say that like, there's quite a... like. There's quite a disparity between those resolutions of how hard those things are. You have to give yourself some layups. You can't just go like with straight up difficult ones. I feel like buying a house of... and tweeting more. There's quite different levels <laughs> of of challenge there. Yeah, again, you have to give yourself some easy ones that you can just pump out there, so you can, and then oh, wow. leave yourself harder ones that might not happen. But yeah, I had some beef with New Year's, so I did, and it had to do with, firstly, the TV lineup on New Year's Eve. Jules Holland advertised Ed Sheeran, didn't see him before midnight, turned off. <laughs> uh, BBC One advertised Kylie Minogue and the Pet Shop Boys, didn't see either of them before midnight. It was some bloke, for, it was that bloke from years and years. To be fair, I, I'm a big fan of the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, well, I thought, um, you know, maybe I'll see them. No, I saw this guy from years and years who was singing a bunch of songs I didn't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he was like getting in my face. I also watched Topla Pops on New Year's Eve, and I've never Top felt Pops. older. Is that still going? Yeah, it's still going. Because the, the only reason I watched it was because I knew Sam Fender was on, and I'm all about the guy. So I was like, oh, I'll give this a go for Sam. I, I was just it. watching it. I was watching a bunch of Love Island people DJing. I don't even really know who Sam Fender is, to be honest. <laughs> well, then you're even older than me. <laughs> but then I did turn over the BBC Scotland around 10 to 12. And well, there was an, there, honestly, it's unreal on New Year's because <laughs> 10 to midnight they were having a Zoom interview with Billy Gilmore and John McGinn. So <laughs> I was all about it. But anyway, the main point of this is the New Year's honours list, Chris. Because I noticed this this comes out around half ten on New Year's Eve, and obviously there was nothing else on, so I decided to give it a bash and go through the list of some of it. And some of it was delighted to see. I was just delighted to see Emma Hayes and Steve Holland get uh, recognised well, for their services to Chelsea Football well, Club. Sorry, one of them des- one of them deserved that, and the other probably didn't for winning something and not winning something. But yeah, yes, absolutely. But yeah, the whole New Year's honours list I think is quite a funny thing in general, and how seriously people take it especially like Beckham you know Beckham apparently has like a full list of what he wants to do in order to get his knighthood I have fairly similar opinions and this clip came up again recently of Jeff Stelling's opinions on the New Year's Honours I, I completely agree with Jeff but the, the reality is it actually goes on and <laughs> it got me thinking about the whole list and who's actually on it and other sports in general because this year Lewis Hamilton finally got his knighthood but it took him seven world championships to get a knighthood. Yeah, that's a disgrace. I was looking at this whole thing. That's Kelly Holmes got a damehood after two gold medals. I, I mean, Lewis <laughs> Hamilton basically had to be the greatest of all time. Yeah, to get a knighthood. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But anyway, I looked in, and I sent you this list last night of what's going on in the world of football. Who's got who's got what, basically. And there's some discrepancies in my mind over who's deserved what and um, what you need to achieve to get the certain things. But anyway, knighthoods, knighthoods, football personalities who've got knighthoods include uh, Busby, Charlton, Doug Leash, Ferguson, Hurst, Bobby Robson, Alf Ramsey. I back a lot of them. I mean, that's a, that's be a, honest. That's a list, yeah. Also a lot before my time, you know, football didn't wasn't invented until 2003, so <laughs> some of them may need rescinded. But generally, I can't complain. CBE is where I start to complain. Uh, <laughs> the, there's only four uh, football personalities who've got a CBE. Uh, they include Roy Hodgson, Hi, Dennis Law, Richard Scudamore. <laughs> Sco- one of the great frauds of the game has got this, and then Shear. Again, how, like Scudamore's legacy compared to Shearer's. How many goals has Scudamore scored? <laughs> there's no bar there. <laughs> And then we'll go on the OBEs. They include David Beckham, Chris Coleman, who, again, we'll go on the Northern Irish ones in a moment. But what's Chris Coleman done in the game, other than fluke his way to a Euro semi-final, playing <laughs> nobody? I think that he, he played they one... Belgium? After they played Belgium? They played one game then. <laughs> they, 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 the only reason they got past Northern Ireland was an own goal. <laughs> Terrific, Chris. I think his should have got rescinded after the Sunderland documentary. <laughs> Uh, Gerard Houllier's got an honorary one. Uh, Frank Lampard's got one. Keegan's got one. Mark Hughes, Lineker, Bobby Moore, Martin O'Neill has got his. Uh, Shankly, Southgate again. How Southgate got one? What's he won in the game? (laughs) But also Southgate's on the same level as Coleman. (laughs) (laughs) Same level achievement. Yeah, you know, two men who have won nothing. But one one got slightly further in other competitions, you know. I would argue there that needs changed. <laughs> and then below that, Arsene Wenger again. He's on the same level as Southgate. Are you joking me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arsene Wenger, who you, you, I was going to say, you could argue. No, he did change the English game. But no, he's on, he's had on the royal scale. He's had the same impact on this game as Gareth Southgate. Like that on. Yeah, and also Chris Coleman, <laughs> uh, but NBA and um, before this year is what this is what Lewis Hamilton previously had. So <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll argue that these people on this list are you know equal to six F one World Championships, and this is where the list gets hilarious. It includes Tony Adams, Stephen Davis. Stephen Gerrard, which again, Gerrard and Davis being on the same, <laughs> the same lines, hilarious to me. Uh, this is what Emma Hayes got this year. Uh, David Healy. Yep. 
is on the NBA yep. list. Uh, Jordan Henderson. Did, did, you, I think David Jeffrey also made it on. David Jeffrey's on the list. Again, yeah. I want to argue some of this actually whenever it comes to the Irish League, but Jordan Henderson, who has won a Champions League and a uh, Premier League is on the same level as David Healy. Okay, sure. <laughs> and also raised a ton of money for, I think, wasn't it the NHS that started lockdown? But sure. Uh, also on the same level is Aaron Hughes, former Northern <laughs> defender. Uh, David James, who I think is one of the most overrated players of all time. I think he, he, he's he got the most inflated stats ever because the guy played a thousand games. Of course he was going to hold a clean sheet record. He only needed to have a record of like 1 in 20. Uh, but elsewhere, Harry Kane's on this list. Right. Gary McAllister, Garth McCauley, Ali McCoist, Michael, Michael O'Neill, Niall Quinn, uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, who feeds children, same level as Garth McCauley, <laughs> yeah. David Seaman, Alex Scott, uh, Gary Speed, Raheem Sterling, Hard Webb. Again, get him, get his rescinded. He's a great fraud of the game. The, the amount of afternoons of football fans' life that that man ruined, get him off. <laughs> But then, yeah, we'll go to uh, Northern Irish managers who have got one. David Jeffries got one, and Stephen Baxter Crusaders has got one. Steve, Stephen Baxter's a good lad, to be fair. Stephen Baxter may be a good lad, but you compare his record to David Jeffrey. <laughs> Stephen Baxter has three Irish leagues, David Jeffrey has nine. We shouldn't <laughs> be in the same league. I'm sorry, I, I, I don't pay that much attention to the Irish league, but nine bigger than three. I've heard good things about David Jeffrey, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't get over um, that list. It was whenever I saw Baxter. I was like, how on earth has he flicked his way onto this? I mean, there's obviously someone who's doing like the like the nominations for Northern Irish people on a scale unseen in the rest of the UK. It, it's got to be like golf. It's got to be handicapped for our lot. <laughs> I mean, like Gareth McCauley and Aaron Hughes. Like, I, I think Stephen Davis. Like, Stephen Davis has the most caps of any British player ever. And David Healy was the top goal scorer in Euro 2008, and we didn't even qualify. So I, I can see, <laughs> I can see those things. But Aaron Hughes and Gareth McCauley is probably pushing it. I, whenever I saw McCauley, I was like, "What McCauley's legacy?" He scored the goal. The he scored the goal, and then the own goal. Oh, brilliant! They scored one goal exactly. So yeah, in the same tournament, Gareth McCauley's biggest legacy is getting Chris Coleman his over. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the whole New Year's honors list got me because it came out at half ten. I started to get me thinking about the whole festive fixture period and New Year's Eve in general. I think we need two new games a year. I want a game on Christmas Day. I find it unacceptable that I have to sit and spend time with my family on Christmas evening. <laughs> Meanwhile, in America, there's three NBA games and an NFL game. New Year's Eve after the trash lineup that the BBC and everyone else gave us this year I think there should be an extra game New Year's Eve so my proposal is Christmas Day I want 19th and 20th to play each other at sort of 7 o'clock in the evening be nice so it's three an, an extra bonus game for both just to you know try and help them out give them an opportunity to get three points I think that's an idea and then New Year's Eve I want a game that kicks off at 9 o'clock between first and second for the same thing. <laughs> I want a bonus game, bonus ball, three points. Go for it. Because yeah. all right, the entertainment is a shambles. It's not good now. So start giving me start giving me soccer. Yeah. But anyway, that wraps us up for the first episode of twenty twenty two. Chris, any any final thoughts? Um <clears throat> uh, I never I'm never prepared for this. No. I know you aren't, and it's my favorite thing, but <laughs> it's a good thing never to change. Uh, we don't know what's going to go on next week, because there is FA Cup games, but that always turns into a mess, so we may not be on next week. We may not. We'll see what, uh, what happens. The we'll AFCON. Happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> With our AFCON preview. <laughs> so it's the very next week, me and Chris are going to start drilling athletic articles about, oh, right. <laughs> but, like, about the, the AFCON. Guinea. Cape Verde. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's got that potentially looking forward to but yes uh, to everyone that listens happy new year and we'll see you soon <laughs>